Um, thank you very much, Pastor Steve and Pastor Jessica, for their opportunity to um, um, lead this session of the um, of the worship. Um, shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this wonderful privilege to be in your presence this morning. We pray that your word will come to us, minister to our hearts, will transform our hearts in the name of Jesus. We pray that your word will bring healing to our hearts in Jesus' mighty name. Father, we pray that you speak to us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so... Okay, so... um. Thank you very much for coming to church today. And um, I just want to share a simple word of that, that God has laid on my heart. And I just want to share it with the church. Um, when Pastor um, introduced this month as the month of passion, for me personally, um, God has been working on my heart in so many ways that I'm still trying to catch up. Um, and so I believe that that is what we need to end the year and even to start the following year on a very good note and so personally a lot of things that i've been thinking about a lot of um, changes that i think that i should i should make in order to go back to the first love like um god um jesus christ told the church of ephesus in revelation um and last week pastor spoke about the um discipleship and asked the question we're supposed to answer for ourselves is are we disciples indeed are we truly disciples and so this morning i just want to um share a brief message on the cost of discipleship which i think it's very important if you think about last week's message that are we disciples indeed and jesus christ mentioned the cost of discipleship in the scriptures and i believe that once we understand the cost of discipleship then we we'll understand this journey that we are on as believers and so i'm going to read a scripture from matthew chapter 16 verse um i'll start from verse 21 to verse 27 matthew chapter 16 verse um 21 to 27 <clears throat> The Bible says, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the eldest and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. And he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to his work. Amen. 
Amen. Now, Jesus Christ questioned his um, disciples. He asked them, who do men say I am? And Peter was the one who got the answer right. He said, you are Christ. And Jesus Christ told P Peter that he, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And that upon this um, um, rock, I will establish my church and the gates of hell will not prevail over it. So Jesus Christ praised Peter that he got the answer right, that he allowed himself to tune into the spirit and hear what the spirit was saying. And so after this, Bible says from verse 21, Bible says after this. So after the revelation, after the disciples understood that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the ministry of Jesus Christ changed. Bible says from that time, he began to tell them that he was going to die. He told them the place that he was going to die. He told them the people who were going to kill him. So from that time onwards, the direction of the ministry of Jesus Christ changed. It was the beginning of his end. And so he began to tell his disciples that he was going to die. He was going to, he was going in Jerusalem and he was going to be crucified. And he told them that these things were going to happen to him. And it started from the point where they had that revelation that he was the Messiah. From that point on, the focus of his ministry changed. All of us gathered here today are disciples of Jesus Christ in one way or the other. We are all followers of Jesus Christ. The Greek word for a, a disciple is Elena or a pupil, a pupil, somebody who is learning. And the dictionary defines disciple as one who accepts the doctrine of another person and assists in spreading it. The last instruction that Jesus Christ gave his disciples was to go out into the world and make disciples of all nations. And so all of us here, in one way or the other, have a desire to become disciples of Jesus Christ. Or we identify ourselves as followers of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ began to explain to them that he is going to lead the way and make the sacrifice. He is going to lead the way and show them the cost of following him. And so he began to teach them that as a disciple, you must also follow suit. You must follow my example. And he led the way by giving himself as a sacrifice for our sins. And he wants his people, his pupils or his disciples to learn from him and to follow after his example. And so when you look at the scripture again, it says that um, verse 24, it says that if anyone desires to come after me, the first thing is let the, the person needs to have a desire to come after Jesus Christ. And that means that. The first requirement for discipleship is that it must be a choice. It must come from your free will. You have to make a choice to follow Jesus Christ. Worship can only be meaningful if it's out of a free will. I tell people most of the time so that if God wants to force everyone on earth to worship him, he has the power and the ability to do so. But that will not bring a meaningful worship out of us. A meaningful worship 
comes out of a free will and comes out of our own choice. And that is why he allows us to decide to follow him. And so when somebody shares the gospel with you, all the person can do is to share the gospel with you and you decide to give your life to Jesus Christ. And so the first requirement for discipleship is that it must be a choice. This morning, we all had to make choices. We all had to make decisions. And we decided that we were going to spend this time in the presence of God. We decided that we will come to church this morning and that is what God expects from us. That is the mean that makes our worship meaningful. If we had to be forced or we had to come to church out of compulsion or we had to gather here because we just wanted to impress somebody or we just wanted somebody to know that we have showed up, it does not make our worship meaningful. Our worship is meaningful when we do it out of a free will. And that is why God has given each one of us a free will to decide what we want to do. Now, the question we ask us, we have to ask ourselves is, why do people make this choice? Why do people decide that they are going to be followers of Jesus Christ? Why do people commit their lives to Jesus Christ? The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. Jesus Christ first showed us the way. He first sacrificed his life. The Bible tells us that God gave his son Jesus Christ, who was also God. And so it tells us the extent to which God will go to have a relationship and fellowship with us. That he himself gave his son to die for us so that our sins will be forgiven. So that we can have fellowship with him. It tells us how, how much God values this relationship. And how much God loves each one of us. That he wanted us so bad. He wanted to have a relationship with us so bad. That he gave his son to die for our sins to be forgiven. So that we will qualify to come before his presence. So that we will qualify to have fellowship with him. So that we will qualify to become his sons and his disciples. And so if you ask me, why do I have this commitment to God or why do I have this commitment to Christ is because he first loved me is because he first gave himself and he showed us the way just like he was telling his disciples that I am going to die and be crucified, but I'm going to resurrect the three days later. And then he began to teach them the cost of discipleship. So the reason why we have made this choice, the reason why we have made this decision to follow Jesus Christ is because he loved us first. And that should be the reason why you have a desire to follow him. Because he loved you first and gave you and gave his life for you. Bible says that Jesus Christ did not think that being God was anything to hold on, on to. But he emptied himself and gave up his divine nature. And humbled himself and became, became obedient to death. Even death on the cross. And the reason why he died on the cross was so that we will be qualified to have fellowship with Jesus Christ. The first requirement for discipleship is that. It must come from a free will. It must be your own choice that I want to follow Jesus Christ. And the reason why it makes sense 
for you to make that choice is because he loved you first and gave himself for you. The next requirement according to that scripture for discipleship is that a disciple or a follower, somebody who decides to follow Jesus Christ, must deny himself. Other versions, I think the NLT version says, must turn from his selfish ways. If we are going to be good disciples or followers of Jesus Christ, then we must deny ourselves. We must turn from our selfish ways. The dictionary defines selfishness as being concerned excessively or exclusively with one's self or seeking or concentrating on one's own advantage, pleasure, or well-being without regard for others. In this case, in the context of what we are talking about, without regard for the things of God or without regard for the things of our master or the one we are following. And he's telling us that the next requirement for us to be good disciples is that we have to deny ourselves. We have to turn away from our selfish ways. The second requirement for discipleship is self-denial. And I believe that this is the requirement that most of us in this generation are failing in. This is the requirement that most of us in this generation are not able to meet because this generation, we are so engrossed in self at the expense of everything and anything. We don't have 100% commitment to anything apart from ourselves. A new generation um, um, ideology teaches us that we have to focus on self and nothing else we have to put self first but you see if we receive we accept this ideology in place of what the bible says then we are not followers of christ then we are not pupils of christ or we are not disciples of christ as christians the final authority over our lives is the bible and so we need to follow what the bible says and as much as some idea Modern ideologies will sound interesting. Modern ideologies will sound like, oh, it makes sense. If they are not biblical, we are not supposed to go by those ideologies. And so this generation, one of the things that... um, 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 The second requirement is the place that we are having a lot of challenges because of self-centeredness and because of convenience. The first thing that we think about is convenience and self over any other thing. But Jesus Christ is saying that if you are going to be my disciple, then you have to deny yourself. You have to turn from your selfish ways and follow me. Now, there was a missionary from America, a preacher from America who went to China to preach. His name is Wayne Cordero. Wayne Cordero travel from America to China to go and preach, to go and have leadership training. And remember, in China, it is illegal for people to meet and have service as Christians. And so they had to um, hide and go and have this conference. And he says that it was 22 leaders that he was going to meet. This story is available um, on the internet. If you um, Google for when um, Codero in China or when Codero visit to china you will see the video that i'm talking about and so he 
he um um the people he was going to train 22 leaders of the church in China and they had to travel 13 hours to come to the hotel where they are going to have the conference and for them to get to meet in that hotel each of them had they had to come two by two so that they don't draw people's attention this seminar went on from for 3 days and According to Wayne, that they start the conference in eight at eight a.m. and finish at five p.m. The people were sitting on hardwoods throughout the days that they had the the conference, and they were teaching for this long hours. And remember, the people had already traveled thirteen hours to the place that they had the meeting. And so he said, when he started teaching, he said, "Let's turn to Second Peter." And the Bibles that he brought were not enough. And again, remember, they had to smuggle the Bibles into China. The Bibles were not enough. And so there were seven people in the meeting who did not have the Bible, who did not receive part of the Bible that he brought for, um, to them. And so when he, says, when he said, turn to Second Peter, there was a woman in the church who gave her Bible to one of the people who did not receive who did not have the Bible. And he was, he said he was surprised that the woman gave his Bible, her Bible to the other person. And when she, they started reading, she realized that the woman was reciting the part, the passage that he was reading. And so he was very surprised. And he asked the woman after the service that, why did you, I see you, I saw you giving the Bible to the other person. And he said, she said, yeah, because I have memorized the passage that you were preaching from. And the, he he was surprised that the woman had memorized that passage, and so um, as they were having the conversation, she she asked she asked the people, "How many of you have been to prison for your faith, or what is going to happen to me when I'm arrested when I'm arrested here for preaching?" They told uh, Wayne that he was going to be deported, and for them they were going to serve three years for coming to a church service for coming to a place to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were going to be jailed three years. And the woman asked, he asked the woman, how did she meditate? How did she memorize all the scriptures? She said she did that when she was once arrested and put into jail because she had a church service. That's when she memorized it. So he, he, he asked him again that, but you don't, you are not allowed to take Bibles to the, to the prison, right? He said, yes. So people actually write the scriptures on paper. They write a, a Bible chapter on paper and smuggle it into prison. And he, he asked her again, so what, what is going to happen to you if you are arrested? The people will be taken away from you. She said, yes. And that is the reason why we have to memorize it quickly. And so after when had the conference with them, and he was about to leave and he asked them, what do you want me to pray for you about when I go back to the U.S.? And the, the, the person that he was talking to said, we want you to pray for us that our church service, we, we will be able to have free church service like you have in the U.S. And when Cordero said to the woman, no, I'm not going to pray for you. I don't want your church service to become like our church service, but I want our church service to become like your church service. He said, the place that I'm coming from, if people have to travel one hour to church, they will not come. 
people are sitting in very comfortable chairs yet if the church takes too long more than 40 minutes they will all leave but look at you people here you travel 13 hours sat from morning till evening without bibles yet you people are able to have church services they have underground church services which means that people must not be the authorities must not be aware that the church is meeting they have to hide and have church services yet people go for that church service people sit in those church services if they are arrested they are going to spend three years in jail yet they will not give up that church service for anything yet in our generation and in our situation we thank god for the religious liberty that we enjoy here in the u.s and some other places but if these christians in this nation are making the sacrifices just to be in church and we have this wonderful privilege to be in church and yet we do not value this privilege we have bibles in our homes at least everyone has a bible at home at least one bible at home and we have bibles on our phones yet we don't even spend time reading these bibles people had to copy the bible on papers and take it into prison so that others can read they just don't read them they memorize it because they want to keep the word in their heart and these are the believers that one we are all serving the same god we are all following the same master we thank god that we have these great privileges but i think that the privileges that we have the freedom that we have did not come to us for free there were there were others who had to sacrifice their lives there were others who came before us who have to fight for religious freedom so that we can read the bible freely so that we can have church services freely they paid a price knowing that they were handing over a church to a next generation knowing very well that they were handing over the gospel to the next generation and we also have a responsibility to hand it over to the next generation my prayer is that we will not be the generation that will drop the baton and disappoint the next generation people spent time to translate the bible from its original language and it was a prized possession and a prized activity for them that they sacrificed their lifetime writing the bible and translating it into english so that those of us who cannot read hebrew and greek will be able to read the bible they spent their lives some of them it cost them their lives People were asked to deny the Bible and the God of the Bible. They decided that they were not going to deny God and they were not going to deny the Bible. And so they paid with their lives. And all this was not only because of the love they had for God, but it was also because of the love they had for the next generation and for the gospel. Beloved, if we are going to be good disciples of Jesus Christ, then we have to deny ourselves we have to be ready to experience inconvenience because of our faith in christ jesus because he himself experienced inconvenience first he was god living in heaven 
But he came as a baby. And when he came as a baby, he was not born in the best of hospitals. He was born in a manger. As we are about to celebrate Christmas, we need to think about this. That God came as a baby and there was no room for him to be born in the world that he was coming to save. And therefore, he was supposed to be born in a manger. He grew up as a baby and became a man and allowed himself to be nailed to the cross by men that he had power to destroy. But why didn't he destroy them? Because he loved us and he wanted to save us. God first gave a sacrifice. And if we are going to sacrifice just our time, we are supposed to go through some pain. We are supposed to go through some inconvenience or some shame so that we will prove our allegiance to this God, so that we will show that we are disciples of this God. I believe that it is worth every inch of what we are, we are going to give up. And for me, knowing the situation that other believers are going through, we are not giving up anything at all compared to what others are going through. We are not giving up anything at all. For some of us, our challenge or our sacrifice will only be that we should come to church. That will be the only sacrifice. That we, because thank God others have sacrificed for us. Others have fought the battles for us. And so all we have to do, our sacrifice will be getting ourselves out of bed and coming to church. That will only be the sacrifice that some of us, 21st century Christians, will ever have to make. Wow. And we find it so difficult to make this sacrifice. Yet, we are disciples of Christ, like, like the disciples of Christ in China today, like the disciples of Christ in Afghanistan today, who have to pay a price to come to church. Beloved, I think that we have to get to the point of self-denial in the month of passion. If we are going to be true disciples of Jesus Christ, let's not think about our comfort. Let's not think only about our convenience, but let's find ways to please the Lord. This morning, I just want to challenge every one of us and including myself, that we have to go, get to the point of self-denial where we don't put convenience first. We don't put comfort first. We don't put self first, but we put obedience first. This is what will make us good disciples. The next point, the next requirement for discipleship is take up your cross. So he says, if anyone makes the choice to come after me, then you have to deny yourself. Then the next thing you have to do is to take up your cross. Your cross might, might be affliction, persecution, sacrifice, shame, inconvenience, or anything that you have to suffer because of your decision to follow Jesus Christ. There are others who have carried a heavy cross. But for most of us, we thank God for the era and the environment that we live in. Some of us, like I said, our only sacrifice is might be to have some sort of commitment to the things of God. Because in this day that we live in, it is difficult to come across people who are totally committed to the things of God, totally committed to Christ. 
Christ has become an afterthought. When we do, when we have done when we do all things and we are done and we have some time, then we bring Jesus Christ into the picture. The things of God have become the things we do at our leisure time when it actually has to be the main purpose of our lives is to live for God. So he says that the next requirement for discipleship is to take up your cross. And so whatever price that you you have to pay, pay that price to be a disciple of Christ. And remember, others have paid a higher price. Others have paid the ultimate price. They died because of their faith. They died because of what they believed. And so for us, giving our lives for Jesus Christ must not be Given our time to Jesus Christ must not be a difficult task for us. We need to take up our cross and follow him. Amen. The last thing he says is you have to follow me. Following him meant that we have to be imitators of Christ. We have to look up to him. He has to be our example. And that is why he showed he, he gave that example to the disciples. By he himself dying on the cross first for them. And after that, telling them that there is a cost to pay if you are going to follow me. We have to look up to Jesus Christ as our example. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30, he says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Now when Jesus Christ um, talks about yoke. He meant that he was going to lead us. And we are going to follow him. And so if we call ourselves disciples of Jesus Christ. There is something the Bible expects from us. The scripture that we read in Matthew chapter 16 verse 21 says that if anyone desires to come after me, one, it's a desire, it's a free choice. Two, we have to deny ourselves. We don't have to think about ourselves first. We don't put self first. We put obedience first. We have to take our cross. Means that whatever the price is, suffering, shame, inconvenience, we have to take that cross and we have to follow him. That is the price that we have to pay to be disciples. That is the cost of discipleship. In verse 25, he says, For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It means that whatever you try to gain by yourself, you try to keep or whatever causes you to be selfish and think about yourself and not think about obeying the master and not think about following the master. Whatever you try to save God in your own strength, you will lose it. But if you lose your life for his sake, you will gain it. 
And again, in verse 20, it says he moves on to say, What will it profit a man if he has the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? There is nothing in this life that we have put before God, that we have placed first in our lives, that will have eternal value to us. Nothing in this world, not even our body. There's so much emphasis on keeping your body in shape and keeping your body healthy. It is good to do all those things. But all those things do not have eternal value. There is nothing that we spend our time doing on earth that has eternal value than the things of God. And so he says, what what will it profit you if you are able to acquire all the things that the world has to offer and you lose your own soul? It means that there is nothing in this world. If you put the whole world together, it cannot pay the price for your soul. And so you must understand that your relationship with God has a very expensive price tag that you must not put anything before that relationship. That relationship must come first. And verse 27 says that for the son of man will come in the glory of his father with his angels. Then he will reward each one according to his works. Remember, everything we are doing here for the kingdom of God has a reward. Think about the Christians in China and our attitude here as Christians. If we are serving the same God and me as a man, if I'm going to reward people who give these sacrifices and people who find it difficult to even give a simple sacrifice of coming to church, a simple sacrifice of joining a Zoom call, a simple sacrifice of sitting for 30 minutes in a church service, Compared to people who had to smuggle their way to go to church, sit on a train 13 hours without Bibles, without microphones, without speakers, and they still come to church service without the beautiful lightings that we have in so many churches here in the US, without air conditions, and they still come to church. Bible says that we are going to be rewarded according to our works. The reward we will receive will be exactly according to the things that we have done here on earth. This morning, I want to challenge every one of us to renew our passion and our commitment to God. Let's not think about convenience first. Let's not think about comfort first. Let's not place that first. Let's put God first. Let's be ready to do some sacrifices. Let's be ready to carry our cross, whatever that cross is. Obviously, we will not all carry the same cross. But whatever your cross is, whatever your sacrifice is, whatever you have to do for the kingdom, for God, and for the church of God, please do it because there is a reward for each one of us. The apostles that he taught this concept to They understood it so well, and it tells in the way each of them died. They were all killed for their faith. They were martyred for the faith that they had in Christ and for following Jesus Christ because they understood the cost of discipleship. 
Peter said that he didn't want to be crucified the same way that Jesus was crucified. And so he was crucified with his head down. Andrew was put in a, on a cross that had an X shape. John was the only one who died a natural death. And I wonder if that death was really natural because John died after he had been fried in oil and he was thrown on the island of Patmos. Then he survived being fried in oil because they wanted to kill him for preaching the gospel. He was fried in oil and put on the Patmos island. And that was where he wrote the book of Revelation. And later he was released. And John was the only one who died natural death. When you look at the story of all the apostles and even Paul and some John Mark and other people who were disciples of Jesus Christ, they all they were all killed because of preaching the gospel. They paid a price to preserve the integrity of the gospel that we of we people, we the people of this generation now have in Bibles. They died, they gave their lives. We might not get to the point where we have to give our lives, but we might have to give our time. We might have to give our commitment to the things of God. All the people, the apostles who followed Jesus Christ, they were all martyred. It was John who died natural death because he survived the attempt to kill him. And Bible says they did not regard their lives. It was something that they found they found in Jesus Christ, something that they learned about him, a revelation and an understanding that they had concerning the, their, their, their master that caused them to give up their lives and did not care. Some of them died with multiple spears in their heart. They did not care for their lives because they showed because they were following the example of a savior who gave his life and was sacrificed on the cross for them. This is not a fairy tale. It is not a fable that has been passed on to us. It happened that God hanged on the cross so that he will have a relationship with you, so that we will have this gospel that we are preaching today, so that we will have this gospel that we are sharing today. God had to pay the price first. And so it is wise to make that choice to follow him. It is wise to turn from our selfish ways. It is wise to take up our cross and to follow him because he first led the way. That's a question that Jesus Christ asked Peter in the book of John. And I want, to, I want us to answer this question today. He asked Peter, do you love me more than all these things? When Jesus Christ died, he left Peter and, the, um, and the, the other disciples' instructions to preach the gospel to the whole world. But when he left, Peter went back into fishing and ignored the gospel. So Pete, Jesus Christ met Peter in the book of John, chapter 21. He says, I want to read from verse 15. So when they ate the breakfast and Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon Peter, Son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Peter had reject, has given up on the gospel, gone back to his fishing business. Jesus asked him, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, feed my lambs. 
he asked him the second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you, son, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, tend my sheep. Then he asked him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? We all gather here today and we confess and profess love to, love to God. But does our actions show that we love him? We profess that we love him. The decisions that we take concerning the things of God and concerning God, does it prove that we love him? Jesus is telling Peter, if you love me, show it by the things that you do. If we love God and we love the gospel, we need to show it by the way we live our lives from Monday to Sunday. Love is action. Love is a commitment. If somebody promises you that they love you and they don't show any commitment to you, even us as human beings, when somebody tells us that they love us, we demand commitment. We demand it. We don't only request it, but we demand that the person shows the commitment. If a person says that they love you and they don't show the commitment, you will leave them and you leave them and go your way because you, without commitment, there is no proof of love. And so this has to challenge us that if we love God like He first loved us, then we have to show it by the, our commitment to God and to the things of God. We need to take our commitment a step further. In the month of passion, let's all have a renewed heart and a renewed commitment. The question Jesus is asking all of us today is that, do you love me more than these things? What are these things to you? What are the things that are hindering you from having full commitment to the things of God? What are the things that you have placed before God, you have Put that first before God. Those are the things that he's asking you this morning. That do you love me more than these things? Do you love me more than the cares of this world? Do you love me more than your pleasure and your comfort and your convenience? Do you love me more than these things? Beloved, there is a reward for the things that we do, for the commitment that we have for the things of God, for the price that we pay, there is going to be a reward. So I want to encourage all of us this morning that let's pay the price no matter what is going to cost us, no matter what it is that we have to sacrifice, what it is that we have to take on ourselves as our cross. Let's be ready to demonstrate the love that we have for God. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We pray, O oh God, in the month of passion, let our passion and our love for you be renewed in the name of Jesus. We pray that our commitment to you and to the things that you have handed over to us, O oh God, we move, we'll pray that you grant us the grace to take it a step far, further. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone at the sound of my voice that we will begin to experience a revival in our heart, O oh God. Our commitment will be like never before, O oh God, even as we prepare for the end of 2021, O oh God. As we move into 2022, O oh God, we pray that you work on our heart, O oh God. 
I pray, oh God, for every diseased heart, even in the spirit and in the flesh. I pray that there will be healing to every heart, oh God. For everyone at the sound of my voice, let the heart be healed. Let the heart be renewed. Let the fire of the Holy Spirit burn in our hearts. Let us be set on fire for you one more time in the name of Jesus. And I pray for healing for every heart in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. Uh, 